0: Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for just a sweet time of worship, um, and I do pray specifically over myself, um, the Spirit that I would be led by you. And we're going to talk about that—just how wonderful the Spirit is in our lives, and and what Paul um, encourages us in in this chapter. Uh, but Lord, we truly are here to meet with you, uh, for you to speak to us the path that we should go, and you know that there's things on our hearts and our minds, Lord, that. Um, that we need you to move in, that we need you to show up. And and so, Lord, I pray that we are uh, encouraged by the word today, that we're equipped to live uh, more effectively for you. Um, Lord, this time we give to you as an act of worship. And, and Lord, we do not want to leave the same way that we came in. Lord, we want to be changed by your spirit. We want to be strengthened. We want to be healed. uh, We want to be empowered. We want to be equipped. And so just uh, as we're going through the message tonight, just ask God for what it is that you're seeking and let him answer those prayers. So we pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, as as we were preparing, so we are in Romans 8, uh, sometimes I get the chapters wrong, but is that right, is that right? Okay, yeah, we are on chapter 8, okay, good. Now, we've been going, we're, at, we're already at the halfway point, there are 16 chapters in this book, so we're, we're going to kind of go a little bit faster in the coming weeks, um, but I'm really excited that we have to park on chapter 8 for just a moment. So um, I just have a question for you guys. When you guys think about the Bible, do you guys have a favorite verse? Like, is there a verse that you just... Hang on to that really speaks to you, those kind of things, and uh, and I'm just curious. Anybody want to speak out? You know some of the verses that are John 14:27. Okay, you want to give us some context for us who have not memorized it? Okay, excellent. The, yeah. <laughs> no, that's fine. Okay, excellent. I'm going to paraphrase with the peace I leave with you, right, the peace I give you, and, um, and if I'm not mistaken, uh, John 14 is really strong on the Holy Spirit, right, and so I think it might be referring to that. Any other favorite verses out there that you guys just want to spout out? Matthew 6.33. Matthew 6.33, okay, and for context, what's that? Seek first the kingdom, okay, <laughs> and I think that's in uh, King um, Henry version, I don't know what, what version <laughs> it is, but uh, it's a little bit old school for me, but it's still still hits the mark, right? So um, what about, so instead of just a verse, what about a story? Do you guys have any favorite Bible stories, you know, things that really stick to you, you know, um, do you have one for us? Yeah, I, I love the uh, Gospel of John chapter 4. The Gospel of John chapter 4, okay, excellent. A woman at the well. Okay, yeah, yeah. Really, uh, so much going on in that story, and i, I will say every time I read that, it's—I um, just see more and more that's going on. Um, how about uh, just uh, any you know particular people in the Bible that you just kind of resonate with? You know, there are people that you just say, "Man, the, you know this this man or this woman really inspires me." You know, those kind of things. Anybody come to mind? Daniel. Daniel. Okay, excellent. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm sorry. Moses. Moses. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Jesus is a really good one, yeah. And in, and in case anybody's not paying attention, you can say Jesus in church, and it's, right, like 99% of the time, right? Like, it's hard to get that one wrong. Um, but there are some times where that's not the right answer, but that's a good one. Okay, um, how about, you know, different books of the Bible, too? Do you have a favorite book of the Bible? Psalm? Psalms 91. Psalms 91? Okay, excellent. You're getting ahead of me, okay? We're going to get to chapters in a second. But Psalms is a pretty good book, you know, to get with. But uh, any other any other books that you guys like? Okay. Yeah. Philippians 4.13. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. No, I like that one too. Genesis. Genesis. Okay. In the beginning, right? I like Ephesians. Ephesians. Okay. Yeah. It's hard to not pick a book from Paul, right? From the New Testament, right? It's hard not to do that. But yeah, no, those are all good. And so my next question was going to be a favorite chapter, right? And we did get one from you, right? For Psalms. But anybody have a favorite chapter? Okay. Because I, I was thinking about that and, you know, because I'm preaching to myself too, and I don't always think do I have a favorite chapter? And so if you don't have a favorite chapter, I'm going to say, hey, you might want to consider Romans chapter eight, because there's a lot of good stuff in here. Okay. So if you don't have one, you can now own that, right? You can take it. And if someone asks you why, you can say, well, because Russell told me, right? You can say that. Okay. But at the end of this message, you better have a better answer than just Russell told me, because that means you're paying attention, right? You know what's going on. Okay. So um, yeah, there's a ton of good chapters. And so coming back to Romans, so you know Paul is doing a lot of things in this book, in uh, this letter to the Romans, and uh, we've you know we've gone through seven chapters so far, uh, but in the very beginning he really makes an emphasis on the gospel, right? And uh, we read last week uh, one of the verses. I'm going to read it to you again. In the very beginning, in Romans one, uh, verse sixteen, Paul says, "For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first. And also to the to the Greek, right? And so the gospel is uh, what's so important about it is the life of Jesus, what he did for us, and that we don't do anything, right, to earn God's righteousness. Jesus did everything for us, and we believe in his sacrifice. Okay, so it's as simple as that. But sometimes it can be hard, right? And and that's what the gospel is. It's the good news, right, to share that. And so uh, just to lightly touch on what we um, we learned last week from santosh on romans six and seven so we did touch a little bit again on uh, there's a, a wonderful image of baptism of how when we go down under the water we're dying to our old life just like jesus died and we come back out of the water we're resurrected in that new life and so just a wonderful thing and and again we're going to do a baptism this sunday right okay so if you haven't been signed up that's your second warning, okay? I'm not sure if I'm going to get you a third one, okay? But for those of you who have been baptized, love to see you there. Uh, there's a really good chance you get to go swimming afterwards, and then there's going to be fun, uh, food and fellowship. And, and one of my favorite things, too, with the baptisms is people will share a little bit about their life, their testimony. And um, I just love that because it just, like, knits our hearts together. You know, like, I had no idea you went through that. I didn't know it was so, such a big deal. And, you know, just, just a simple thing. I may have shared this with you, too, but some of the people at our church, they're actually afraid of water. And so think of that. God's asking you to get baptized, which is the very thing you're afraid to do, right? You know, is to get into the water. And so, so for some people, it's, it's harder to do than other people, right? Um, and usually they're really the tough people too. I would have never picked them out, the people who are scared of water. But that's just how it works. <clears throat> and so he's encouraging us in a lot of different things. Um, but one of the things that we, we're warned about is if we try to live our lives on our own, on our own good works, well, the, the wonderful payment that we're going to get for that uh, you know, we're basically going to be living in sin, and then our payment is going to be death, right? If we choose to reject Jesus, we choose to not live towards him. So it doesn't matter how good we think we are. It is, no- is nowhere near enough, and that's our reward. But if we do submit to Jesus, we get, um, we get a promise of having eternal life, right? We get his righteousness um, imputed to us, if you will. And then uh, just touching a little bit on on Romans 7, it talks all about the law and the purpose of the law, which was to show us uh, how are we supposed to live, right? What does it look like to be godly, to be divine, right? To live to God's standards. And the law was never meant to make us good, but it exposes what's sin, right? What is not acceptable. And then, uh, you know, as Santosh talked about civil war last time, it's all about we want to do the right thing, When we know God's will, but we have the sin nature within us, that's always at battle, always conflicting. And he concludes chapter 7 in verses 24 and 25. I just want to read those to you. In Paul's words, he said, wretched man that I am. You know, if I could just do something right, it's kind of like what he's saying. Who could deliver me from this body of death? And in verse 25, thanks be to God through Christ Jesus our Lord. So then I myself, I serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. And so he's he's thanking God that he has a way to be free, right? And so that's his his main thing. Okay, so today we're going to be in Romans eight or tonight, and my title for tonight is Family of Gifts, God's Family of Gifts. So if you have not um, if you have not come prepared to receive gifts, you're going to get gifts today. Now, if you didn't know that um, gifts, you're going it's going to be a wonderful night, right? And you may already know some of these gifts. You might already know that you have. Right? And so my hope is after this, you're going to walk out here just like you came you know, from a shopping spree, and you just got all these wonderful gifts that you didn't pay for, right? Somebody else paid for them on your behalf. So please do not leave any of the gifts behind, because I have to clean them up if you don't take them. Okay. So when it comes to—we're going to, we're gonna, again, get into some of the scriptures. But when it comes to following Jesus, one of the promises we're giving is that there is no longer no condemnation in our lives. Right? And so if we feel condemned, if condemnation is coming after us, we have scripture that we can say, uh, that's not true. Right? We are not condemned. So let's read uh, chapter 8, verse 1. And Paul says, there is, no, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And so this condemnation talks about being judged, going before God right? And he's going to weigh our, our goodness and our badness, right? He's going to say, were you good? And then you can go into heaven. Were you bad? You're, you're going to go to hell, right? And, but when it comes to any person, doesn't matter who, nobody meets that uh, criteria. Every single person who tries to get into heaven without Jesus will go to hell, right? And so I'm ho- hopefully that's very clear. And on the flip side is everyone who accepts Jesus now we get to go to heaven, right? And so that's what that's saying is, there is therefore now no condemnation. So if we are feeling condemnation and we're Christian, then we have to ask ourselves, where is this coming from, right? Because if we believe what God says, we believe his word, uh, we are not condemned, right? Well, that doesn't keep Satan from speaking things to us, right? It doesn't uh, stop other people from ridiculing us or making accusations. It doesn't even stop ourselves from blaming ourselves, condemning ourselves. right? And so we have this battle that's being fought you know, with possibly our own bad thoughts, with what other people say, with what Satan says, and how that compares to what God says. right? And so we want to be uh, very, very firm in what God says. And so that's your first gift tonight. Okay. So I do want you to take that home, open it, be comfortable with it, because you're going to need that gift. Time and time again, you're going to get attacked in this area. But if you know that you are no longer condemned because you are in Christ Jesus, you don't have to fight that battle anymore. Jesus already fought it. And so this could be, if you don't have, you know, I've already given you uh, your favorite chapter now, if you didn't have one, right? Romans 8. This could also be your favorite verse, too, right? Romans 8. Okay, but I'll let you pick, right? You can stick with the ones you have, but, you know, at least put this on the list, okay? Now, when we talk about uh, condemnation, one of the, one of the chapters that was offered was John 4, right? It was talking about the woman at the well. And so when I was looking at just other verses that had the word condemned in there, um, there was one in John chapter 8. And if you guys know that chapter, uh, this is where uh, the woman was caught in adultery. And so this is a really interesting uh, story because uh, she was obviously doing what she shouldn't do, right? She was sinning Um, and she was caught, you know, so somehow people knew this was happening and they caught her and they brought her to Jesus. And, they, and he said, okay, you know, they had some conversation, right? And he says, okay, how about the first person who has no sin? You get to, you get to condemn her, right? And so as they just went around the room from the oldest to the, you know, the, the middle-aged to the youngest, nobody was without sin. And so Jesus asked her, he says, okay, well, you know, who is here to condemn you? And, and she said, nobody. And Jesus says, I know, I don't condemn you either, right? But he also said, uh, sin no more to, right? He didn't give her permission to do what she did, right? And so this is, I think, just another wonderful uh, picture that adds on to our idea of, of being condemned. And, and one of our favorite uh, verses is John 3.16, you know, which talks about how Jesus came into the world. God gave us uh, his son, that whoever believes in him, how, you know, shall receive eternal life through that promise. Um, as you continue on, uh, we're told that Jesus did not come to condemn the world, right? But everybody who believes in Jesus is not condemned, but everybody who does not believe is condemned, right? And so, again, there's just a couple other verses to apply what we've already said. And if we can, let's go to, um, to verse two, if you could put that on the board for me. Appreciate it. Okay, and then so it says, for the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ, uh, Jesus, from the law of sin, excuse me, and death. And let's go to verse three. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. And go ahead and go to verse four, we'll finish that. In order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, and that's you and me, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. So I want to. There's a. There's an important picture here. I want to. I want to paint. So the law, as we've already discussed, its its purpose was to say, what is godly behavior, and if we don't follow that, whoever doesn't follow that, that that would be sin, right? That's a picture of sin. But what's what the law could not do is it couldn't fix sin, right? It could only say, okay, this person is innocent. This person is guilty in that one thing, but ultimately the law said everybody is guilty, right? Nobody nobody meets the law, but the law couldn't fix sin. It could only call it out. And so when Jesus came as um, as a person in the flesh, and sin was put upon him, and God's wrath was satisfied by his death, right, his sacrifice. Um, that's what it means when it says God did what um, what it could do, what he could do, but not what the law could do. Okay. So let me say it another way: the law could never make anybody right. Right? It took um, God's divine sacrifice to do that. And so that's a wonderful thing uh, that God had took our place um, to do that. By coming in the flesh and then in verse 4 we're encouraged to be in Christ right to live um, and walk according to the spirit and so some other uh, scriptures I want to give you uh, related to that which you probably know is Philippians 2 chapter 2 verse 13 it says for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure and so as we follow um, the Spirit, right, as the Spirit is within us, is going to show us the way to go, right? He's going to show us the truth. He's going to help us live the way that we're supposed to go. Okay, so that is your first gift. No condemnation. Are you guys ready for your second gift? Okay, I knew you were, right, you know, silently. Okay, so the next one is the Holy Spirit. Okay, And again, if you've been around a while, you know this. But as we receive God as our Lord and Savior, we get the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit does many, many things, but we're going to just touch on a couple things. Um, in this particular scripture, we're just going to summarize a little bit because I don't want to read through everything. Um, but in verses 5 through 8, it's, it's really talking about when it says living by the flesh, that would be living by our own power. It would be basically an unsaved person somebody who's not a Christian, will will live by the ways of the world, will live by the way that they think is the right way to do that. And, you know, me personally, I did that the majority of my life because I said no to God. I didn't want to go to church. You know, I waited quite a while. I mean, God was patient, kept knocking on my heart, Um, but I thought I knew what I was doing. I thought I was going the right way. Um, I thought I knew what was, you know, good and and bad, but uh, it was all according to the world's standards. Uh, But when we walk by the Spirit, that's an example of somebody who has submitted to Jesus, right? Who has um, the spirit within their, um, you know, within their, their hearts and their mind. And, and Paul specifically is talking about how important it is what we set our mind on. Do we set our mind on the ways of the world, on the flesh, or do we set our mind on uh, what God wants? And so, you know, I have a question for you when it comes to your day, right? When you are just going about, you know, how do you connect with God? You know, how do you start your day? And, you know, I think I've shared with you what I like to do is, uh, in the morning, read three pages of the Bible, right? It's not, it's not like, a, too little. It's not too much. And, again, you don't have to do what I do. That's not the point. The point is that there's time that's dedicated to it. And I will tell you, um, I don't always do that. And I just feel that there is a significant difference in my day when I've started with God and I've let him prioritize, spend some time with me, and when I've just rushed into whatever I'm doing because I overslept or I'm worried about whatever, right? You know, I just, I feel like I'm, you know, you're just running uphill the whole time (laughs) because I haven't put God first, right? And so I just, I just want you to consider that. Whenever you're going about your day, you know, where is God in that picture? You know, how is he setting, um, you know, the the standard for you, if you will? Are we setting our minds on the spirit? Are we setting our minds on the flesh? And again, this is all intended to grow you. So this might be one of those you know, gifts that hurts a little bit. But, um, but when it comes to this gift that we get, it's the Holy Spirit within us. Um, but just because we have a gift, we don't, we're not blessed unless we use it, right? We're not blessed unless we partner with the Spirit and we give, give time to the Spirit. And uh, you know, one thing I love about the Holy Spirit is he will, he will lead us in all truth. And so when we're not sure, let's say, what to do, He'll lead us in the right way, right? He'll give us those inclinations. And then because he's leading us in all truth, we know what sin is. So we're avoiding future pain, if you will, right? Because whenever we sin, we accept the consequences of those sins, right? Because sin brings about death. It doesn't bring life. But the Spirit does bring life, right? The Spirit does bring good things. And so as we're going about our day and we're thinking about those things, we want to just be aware very clearly of those. Um, and then, you know, just to say it as clearly as Paul says in in, um, in chapter 8, verse 6, he says, for to set the mind on the flesh is death, and to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. Um, and I do want to take this, you know, this is more around, you know, are you a Christian or not? Because if you're not a Christian, you're not heading towards life, right? You're heading towards death, because there is nothing that is good enough in us. And um, and in, in verse 8, uh, he actually makes it a little bit more clear. He says, those who that are in the flesh cannot please God, right? So there is just no chance for us um, to earn, you know, there, we, we can't earn goodness, we can't earn God's love, right? It's, it's something that he's given to us through the Spirit. And uh, I just, I wanted to read one more scripture to you from Ephesians 4, um, verse 22. And Paul encourages us, he says, uh, just like we had that picture with baptism, he says, I want you to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, which is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. And so as we become Christians, right, our old ways are are gone, right? They're no longer with us. And the new way of living is all fresh from Jesus and, and his ways. And as we continue on in verse nine, and it says, "You, um, however, now we're talking to Christians. You are not in the flesh, but you're in the spirit. If, in fact, the spirit of God dwells in you, and anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to Him." Okay, so just want to take a moment here, just to reflect a little bit, and I want you to think about a situation, just maybe something that's going on right now, or maybe something you dealt with in the past, and um, you know, and I'll just I'll just tell you just some things that I've been thinking about is. Um, You know, just sometimes I just want to take it easy. You know, it's like, okay, I'm too busy. (laughs) Let's just take a break. You know, maybe a staycation or something, right? Let's just, let's unwind a little bit. And um, you know, I'm just in a season where I'm not finding that, (laughs) right? It's just like, it's too far, I can't reach that. It's just not happening. Um, You know, I just, I need another me, right? I need to clone myself and then I can take a break, right? One of those things. And, um, you know, so all kinds of things come in my mind, like, okay, do I, do I stay where I'm at with my job or not, you know, and all these kind of things that kind of go through your mind, and, uh, and then, you know, maybe you're thinking about finances, you know, paying off this or, or you know, saving for that, whatever it is, and, um, you know, and I just think about no matter what situation I'm going in, in my mind, there are kind of shortcuts I could take, right? There are things that I could do that I could probably get some results right away, but they're probably not God's way right? There's probably ways that maybe not be bending the rules, but they're kind of close, right? They're not breaking them, but they're kind of, you know, know, close to the edge, if you will. And, um, but I just, I just get in my spirit the sense of anytime you think of a shortcut, you're going to, it's going to come with a price, right? Like, you're going to feel the repercussions of that. But at the same time, I know that there's also God's way of approaching the situation. There are things that he wants us to see, to think about and to do. And, um, you know, and I, I won't share some of the details, but You know, I'm I'm going through a situation where I really don't know the answer. I don't know what's going to happen, right? But I know I'm supposed to take a step. And so, um, you know, God willing, he's given me enough courage, you know, at some point, finally, you know, of this fear I was facing, finally take a step, you know? And again, still, I still don't know what the answer is. But I do see things getting better, right? You know, sometimes when we respond to what God wants us to do, um, it's going to be tough. It's going to be in the unknown. but I've just, in this particular situation, I've just seen God continue to move and, and just to bless things all around. You know, again, I still don't know what the end result will be, right? But, um, but just, you know, in, in your lives, if there's things like that where you're just not sure where to go, what to do, um, just continue to see God, right? Because we have the Holy Spirit to lead us in, in those things. And, um, and I just find when I try to do it my way, I get in trouble, right? And so just encouraging you to follow uh, with what Jesus is you know wanting you to do and and I just want to pray some sample prayers over you just just as we you know as we're thinking of that and and so these were the things I would just think in my in my mind is you know God I know your heart and I know what you value but in this situation I don't know what to do um, I'm not sure what your way is but I uh, please intercede please show me the path um, and Lord help me to wait on you because I know that's part of it and I want your will to be done. And I truly don't know what you're doing in this moment, but I do want to be obedient to you. And um, so I ask that you would protect my heart, because my heart can go sideways, protect my mouth, so I don't say the wrong things, protect my actions, so I don't do the wrong things. But ultimately, I want to, I want to glorify you, I want to give you honor, right? And so these are things that you can do for yourself, right? You can, you can just say, you know, as simple as you want with God, Lord, what, what do you want me to do in this situation? What is your will? How do you want me to proceed? And he's faithful to to hear us and to respond. Okay, so in addition to this uh, gift of having the Holy Spirit, uh, there's some other things that we get. So in verse 11, I want to read that with you. It says, if the spirit of him, this is God, who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. And so I, I have to say, when I think about this, what kind of power does it take to raise somebody from the dead? Has anybody ever raised anybody from the dead in this room? Okay, I'm just putting my hand up just so you could raise your hand if you did. I have not. Okay, I'm putting my hand down. <laughs> I have not done that. Um, now I know it happens, right? We see plenty of examples in the Bible, right, where that's happening. Um, but I just, I just think about that same power that brought Jesus back from the dead lives within us, you know. And I just sometimes it's just it's good to just park and think about that because if if God can do that. And then we think about our lives and we think about the problems that we face, right, the challenges that we have. Um, is, that, is that power good enough or strong enough to solve those, those issues in our lives, right, to give us the wisdom to defeat the sin that we're battling, all those kind of things. And so, you know, I just, I think that's part of our faith where I just, I'm just confessing to you, I need to grow in this area, right, to, to really allow God to move, let that power show up uh, for him to demonstrate that in my own life. And I will say I'm very blessed with the relationship I have with God. I I know there's more. I know I can make it more of a priority. Right? I'm not here to pretend I'm a perfect Christian by any means, Um, but I'm. uh, But I can say I can get really comfortable with my relationship with God. You know, but I, I have not experienced that. You know, to my understanding. So I know that there is more that we can we can experience with Him. Okay. So you guys have now two gifts. Do you guys remember what those gifts are? You are no longer under condemnation. You also have the gift of living in the spirit, right? Okay. But wait, there's more. Okay. The next one is you are adopted into God's family as sons and daughters. Okay? So if you did not know that, you can go around and saying, Hey, I'm God's daughter, right? I'm God's son. You can say that, and that's true biblically, right? Um, but you know, don't prance around and say you have to do what I say, right? That's not really what, what it's all about. But we also, in addition to that, we inherit, we get inheritance, right? And so we're going to read, it says, um, we are heirs with Christ, if you will. And so uh, let's go through uh, 14, if you don't mind, if you can put that up there. And it says, so for all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God, right? For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoptions as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. And uh, yeah, let's go ahead in 16. The Spirit himself... Remember, we have the, the, the Spirit in our lives to live by the Spirit. The Spirit also does a couple more things for us. He bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Okay? So if you do not feel like a child of God, the Spirit will bear witness of you. And go ahead and go to 17. I think we have uh, one more I wanted to uh, show up there. And if children then heirs and heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Okay. So do you guys believe that you are, are children of God? You're not convincing me. Are you, are you really sure? Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> like really, 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 really believe it? <laughs> like is he inviting you to Thanksgiving this year? That's really what I want to know, right? You know, are you guys part of the family event? Okay. And I, and I love the contradiction here too, right? We say a spirit of slavery. Um, we do not have that, right? We are not slaves. We are not the victims. We are not the defeated, right? That's what Satan is, right? That's where his followers are, and that's the unfortunately people who do not believe um, in Jesus as their Savior, right? And that's why God came is to He died for everybody so that all could be saved. But it's not universalism, right? Not everybody's saved. They have to they have to choose to follow Jesus. They have to choose to accept His gift and to live in that. And so, uh, congratulations, you are children of God. Okay, so that is a gift that you get. We didn't earn it. We receive that. And, you know, when I think about an heir, we're talking about inheritance, right? We're talking about when somebody dies, we get something, right? That's kind of how it works on the physical world. But when it comes to uh, the spiritual sense, uh, there's an inheritance waiting for us in heaven, right? We get some promises that, uh, you know, Jesus is making a a place for us, right? Um, There's many mansions. Um, And again, that's from a physical standpoint, that might be kind of exciting. But really, the big part is we have eternal life right? We get to spend time with God eternally um, in our new bodies. Um, and it's, it's something that doesn't, right? It doesn't die. It doesn't corrupt. It's undefiled, those kind of things. Now, um, this next gift, I, I think you're going to like, but you might need to think about it a little bit, is um, you get to suffer. Is everybody excited about that, that gift of suffering? Yeah. Because here's why it's so great, uh, this suffering, is that it's, it leads to being glorified. It leads to being with Jesus, okay? And so here's the part that I think is maybe not easy for us to see this side of heaven, is we can see the suffering, right? But we don't necessarily always see the glory. And so I want you to try to, you know, picture your mind in heaven, where you're gonna be with God, right, for eternity in a, in a place that's it's just gonna be amazing, right? There's really, there's really not words for it. We have some in our scriptures. Um, but if we can put things in perspective, we can understand that a little better. And uh, Paul does a real awesome job here. I'm just going to summarize it real quick. But when it comes to this chapter, he's saying, you know, uh, not only do we uh, we suffer, we groan, we, we know that um, there's more for us, right? We know that there's more for us to experience at the end of this life when we get to heaven. Um, but that doesn't mean, again, we're not going to suffer. So there's, uh, you know, I think probably the easiest way to say it, you probably heard it many times, is, is, you know, there's a God-shaped hole in us, and, you know, God fills that, but we just, our bodies desire to be with Him. Like, we, we know that this is not the finished product. We know that this is not the end. And then Earth is the same way. As wonderful and beautiful as it is, it knows the way that it's been made, it, it yearns for God as well. And then the Holy Spirit um, himself is also yearning for God to come. And so he kind of sprinkles that through that whole um, section of verses, which um, I don't, you know, I'm not going to touch in um, all the details there. But what I do want to do is I want to jump down to uh, verse 26, if you don't mind. And we're going to talk about another uh, blessing of of the Spirit. And so in, in verse 26, it says, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. So if you feel weak, who can you call upon? You can call upon the Holy Spirit, can't you? Right? It says, for we do not know what to pray as we ought. Does anybody ever feel that way? You're not sure how to pray? Okay, and I just gave you an example. There's a situation I'm in right now. I'm not even sure what to pray. Like, I know what I think I want, but I'm not sure what God wants in the situation. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. So if you're ever in a spot where you don't feel like you know what to pray always know that the, the Holy Spirit is in, he's working with us, praying with us um, to go through whatever we're, um, you know, we're, we're following through. And uh, let's go to verse 27 too. And it says, he, this is, you know, God, he searches our hearts and he knows uh, what is in the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And, and so, um, you know, if you, if you didn't know this, now you know it, but God is able to um, just know everything about us right? What we're thinking, what we're feeling, all of those important things. And so, but he does want us to give us permission. And then we, that leads us to verse 28, which um, maybe some of you guys have, have this as a memory verse. I think we just sang about that tonight, Santosh, right? It says, for we know that those who love God, excuse me, for those who love God, all things work together for good. So no matter what we're going through, if it's a horrible time, we know that God can use that for good for His good, for our good, for His glory, for those who are called according to His purpose. Okay. So we have one more gift. Actually, two more. Okay. Because, you know, I just buy one get one free. Okay. So the next one is that God is for you. Did you guys know that? God is for you. Okay. Let's go to, to um, verse 31. It says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? And one thing, you know, I don't know if, you know, again, I, I didn't grow up in the church, so I, sometimes I'm, I'm having to learn things, but for whatever reason, way back in my mind, I used to think that Satan and God were equal. Does anybody think that's true? Okay, absolutely not, right? God is above all. He is the creator. And then he created angels, didn't he, right? And so I don't know how far down from God's level the angels are, but it's, it's probably pretty far, right? It's definitely not comparable, right? But Satan was a created being as an angel, Okay, so even if Satan is powerful, has some things, it is nothing compared to what God is, right? And so that verse just said, if God is for us, right, if the most powerful God is for you, there's nothing, right, that can stand uh, against us. And so God is for you. And then let's read uh, 32 as well. It says, for he did not spare his own son, but gave him up for all, um, gave him up for us all. How will, he, um, how will he not also uh, with him graciously give us all things? And another way, you know, you might want to think about that is, um, and, you know, we've, I think we've talked about it already, but um, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, right? Even though we were God's enemy, he was willing to love us that much. And so now, if we've received that and we're now part of his family, how much more will he even treat his own children, right? His, his sons and his daughters. And so that's one of the promises that we have. And and in 33, it just talks about that who has the authority to charge anything against God's elect. Because God is um, not only the most powerful, but he is the judge. right? He is the one who justifies. And then uh, let's go to 34. And who condemns us, or who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. And more than that, who is raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. So do you guys see a pattern there? The Holy Spirit is interceding for us, and who else is Jesus. interceding for us? Yes, holy, yeah, Jesus himself. Okay, so when I look at that, I can only think of a path of success, a path of victory, a path of being empower, you know, empowered. And so God is for you. And then our very last gift is going to be this last section is that there is nothing that separates us from God's love. Okay? Because I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel like I'm distanced from God or maybe God doesn't love me. But this scripture says otherwise. So let's read through these. So who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress, persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Uh, this, as it is written, for your sake, we were being killed all the day long and we were regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. We'll go to the next. No, in all things, we are more than conquerors. So it's it's not only that we win, it's just like we're really winning. We're always winning, right? It's just it's a domination. Through Him, through Christ who loved us, through God. Yeah, let's go to the next one. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God In Christ Jesus, our Lord. Okay. So do you think that covers everything? Is there anything that could separate us from God's love? No. No? Okay. And that's another wonderful gift here. So does anybody still think Romans 8 is their favorite chapter? You know, because I already gave it to you before, right? You guys still think that? Now do you know why it might be your favorite chapter? You've just been given all of these wonderful gifts that are clearly spelled out here. um, And what God is doing and what continues to do through us. Okay, so at this time, you know, I want to go ahead and wrap it up with all of this, but I, I would continue to encourage you to read through the book of Romans. Let these truths just soak into you. Um, you know, this, these are the things to memorize. These are the things to write on our heart. These are the things to live by. Um, and, uh, and again, it's just so well written um, and just so thankful for the scripture here. So um, what I'm going to do is uh, let, me, let me go ahead and pray, and then we'll, we'll read our, our questions that we have. Well, dear Heavenly Father, there—these are just wonderful gifts that you've given us. Um, thank you, Lord, that through your sacrifice we are no longer guilty. We no longer have to pay for that sin that we've done, and um, and you just—you just really truly do everything. We can completely rely on you, um, and so, Lord, I ask that we would receive your truths, and just as the world comes at us, as the enemy comes at us, as even ourselves, maybe just bad thinking, that we would stand completely on your truth. Um, And we just wouldn't be rattled in some of these things anymore, just foundationally uh, strong. And so, Lord, I'm just asking you would mature us as Christians. And I'm asking for myself too, just all of us, we uh, we just need to be more effective to live for you And so, Lord, just the the things that the enemy throws at us, just those techniques are no longer effective anymore. They're no longer, um, they just don't hit the mark. And so I thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. I thank you what we've just just discussed, that there is nothing that separates us from you. Lord, that you have paid the highest price for us, and you love us dearly, and you've given us everything. The Holy Spirit intercedes for us. Jesus intercedes for us. Um, just how wonderful that is and, and how much we need it. So Lord, thank you for this. Um, thank you for your truth. Lord, and I pray you continue to shine brightly upon us. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so as we get in our small groups, again, I'm going to have some questions for you uh, that we can discuss. And uh, thank you, Henry, for cleaning him up. I gave him a, a, a wrong set, and he, he improved it. Um, so these are the questions that we want to talk about. So the first one is, how should we think about suffering in this life? Um, which is our favorite question. And the second one is, how do I know if I'm being led by the Spirit of God? And then the third question would be, pick your favorite verse from Romans 8 and explain why. Okay. So we'll go ahead and get set up in small groups. And uh, and again, if you have a specific prayer need or something uh, in particular, it is completely fine to just go straight to prayer. There's no issues with that. And so for our friends online, we can wrap it up. And i um, looking forward to our small group discussion.